Hey, Matthew, it's uh, Simon Clark from American Lithium uh, in Saudi Arabia for the Future Metals Forum and keen to give everyone an update on where American Lithium is at. Uh, good to see you. Um, and you're on the road at the moment, aren't you? You're over in Riyadh. Now, that seems to be becoming yeah. a little epi- epicenter for uh, mining and mining investment. How's it, how's it going over there? Yeah, it's interesting. It's the, it's the first day, so the conference doesn't really get going till tomorrow. Um, but lots of requests for, for meetings. There's lots of Saudi and Emirati money now getting into battery metals. Um, and then obviously on our side as well, lots of interest here in uranium. You know, a number of the of the countries in the region are are, are tying themselves to uranium, um, you know, uh, as a base load going forward. So definitely a good place to be in an interesting time when, uh, you know, lots of in- investment flowing into this area. Not hearing good things, good things. And they're, they're, they're chasing uranium out there as well. Um, well, look, really? today I know you're. I know you're on the road. I know you got people to see, etc. But so, thank you for um, dialing in. Appreciate that. I do want to talk about the Falchani PEA and imminent PFS. But I got to kind of start with the, I guess, the news at the moment, which is obviously the uh, Ingemeth and uh, Menem's attempt to persuade the Supreme Court to overturn a recent court ruling. Um, How's that? Well, when did you expect it, and, and what does that mean? Yeah, I, I mean, Matt, I, I, I think, I think we thought, um, we hoped it wouldn't go down that route purely just because it would be nice to 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 finally put a ribbon on things and and finish it off once and for all. Um, as you know, we've always said, regardless of what ha- ever happens, I mean, thirty-two concessions out of one hundred and seventy-two, you know, it's it's fifteen to twenty percent, so. We're going to drive on regardless, but it, it's uh, it's been a frustrating process from the length of time it's taken. Um, but obviously, we've had extremely strong results from the Peruvian judicial system, and the Superior Court ruling couldn't have been any stronger. Unanimous, three judges throwing out every argument from Ingemet and Menem. Um, but we did... We did think there was a, a chance that the, the legal departments would just simply take the final legal step here, which is to petition the Supreme Court. Extremely unlikely to proceed. Um, you know, I think the Supreme Court effectively takes on about a quarter of the cases that are petitioned. Um, the rest get thrown out before it even starts. And we think that's what will happen here, especially given it's not a ma- it's not really a matter of law or anything for if for national security or anything major, this is the facts of the case are pretty clear cut. So it's simply a final attempt for them to kick it down the road a little bit further. And our view is it'll probably get rejected by the Supreme Court over the next couple of months. Okay, so that's the time I was going to ask about timing. So we'll yeah. hear more over the next next couple of months as to where that goes. Um, yeah, the, and, and I think, Matt, the key point is a, a, a unanimous three-judge decision in our favor would be extremely hard to to overturn, even if the Supreme Court took it on, which we don't think they will. So, you know, the arguments, you know, such as they are from Menem and Ingemet were dealt with very, very firmly by the Superior Court. And so uh, this is just, you know, the regulators and the legal departments really are paid just to, to take the thing along as far as they can and that's typically what they try and do. So, you know, you hope common sense will prevail. It clearly didn't. Um, but at the end of the day, we're pretty certain this is 
where it will all end. Okay, because it's, it's been an interesting time, obviously, for, for Peru, but you know, huge period of uncertainty, um, which has, you know, it seems to have sorted itself out politically recently. Um, but the rule of law is well established. The um, application of that rule of law by the Supreme Court, you know, you've had they've had one go of it, and having another go, that's just that's just a process they feel they've got to go through. But I think our view is that it allows them to tie a ribbon on it and say, you know, at least we did. We our gave best. it a go to its full yeah. extent. Okay, yeah. like, like I say, let's leave that. There's no point in um, speculating what may, yeah. may or may not happen. But you, you know, you've been, I think you've been clear with the in the press release um, about that one and now. So let's just park that up and see what happens in the next couple of months. Can I get on? I do want to talk about the thing which is of more interest, which is in terms of driving the value of uh, American lithium, which is the PEA. Um, can you on Falchani? Can you hit us with some of the numbers first, and then we're going to pick it up with that, where that goes? Yeah, I mean, we're 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 really excited. Like, like I said, you 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 put court um, uh, situations to one side, and you get on your and you, and you drive the business ahead. And I think the team in Peru did an excellent job moving things forward during the last administration when times were difficult. Um, and we're starting to reap the the reward of that. I mean, we obviously saw an extremely large increase in the resource at Falchani at the back end of last year. And that's now segued into an updated PEA, which is a key step on the road to PFS by the end of Q2. Um, so, you know, we've more than tripled the NPV um, from the last PEA, which was done in early 2020. The the NPV on a lithium carbonate only case uh, goes up to 5.1 billion. Um, you've got after-tax IRR of 32%. Um, OPEX has gone up a bit to reflect, obviously, post-COVID inflation and some of the inflationary pressures that we've seen in recent times. It's gone from about 4,000 a ton to 5,000 a ton, which still places it in, a again, a post-COVID world as one of the lowest OPEXs out there. So we're really excited by that. Um, and the initial capital... For phase one has gone up from 575 million to 681. So again, yes, it's gone up, but uh, but uh, you know not significantly. And I think that's a real testament again to the work that we've been able to do through the drill bit and also on the on the Met side. The other thing that we did do, um, Matt, and for the first time into the flow sheet, we brought SOP of uh, high purity as a byproduct, very strategic in Peru for the agricultural sector. It's very unique globally that you have a project that's actually going to have a significant benefit on two key sectors of the economy, mining and agriculture, probably two of the biggest in Peru without, no, well, there's no probably, they are. So SOP will really help the, uh, the agricultural sector locally. And then you've got cesium sulfate coming in as well. So we, we, we have a base case scenario, lithium only, 5.1 billion uh, MPV. We then bring SOP and cesium into the, the phase two. So we have a ramp up going from 23,000 tons to 45,000 tons, ultimately up to, to close to 80,000 tons a year. And the SOP and cesium come in in the, in, in, in the phase two the overall NPV then goes up to about 5.6 billion 
and you've got an IRR that's getting close to 40% at that point. So really strong economics, very excited with it. And again, this is pretty close to PFS standards. We will, we will do some further flow sheet optimization and, and, and potentially a little bit more drilling at Falchani before we come out with the PFS mid, you know, by the end of uh, Q2. Right. Obviously PEA, you know, note, well, I guess understandably, you know, plus or minus 30% in terms of the accuracy around the economics yeah. of it. PFS will give it a, bit, a little bit more certainty around that one. But, the, but I think more, more generally, people kind of looking into lithium space don't necessarily understand the difference between, you know, say hard rock, conventional hard rock project, clays, lithium brines, and lithium pigmentites at the moment obviously is, is you know, another phrase which people have been picked up in the last six months. Is how, how do they um, value a company? How do we look at your project? Let's say Falchani specifically. You know, if we could put it in gold terms, can you yeah. just kind of run us through that? Yeah, I, I, I can try and give you a kind of comparison. I mean, people obviously, what they call conventional lithium mining is seen at the moment as, you know, like the iron ore situation in Australia. So people... You know, the, the the miners don't look to to produce a, a final product or something that's final. They dig it up, they concentrate it, they then ship it to China, and then they refine it and upgrade it there. So who knows what the overall op cost is? But that's seen as the the the, the traditional appro- approach now for for lithium. Um, a project like Falchani is different because. It's it's much more like conventional mining. It's a conventional sulfuric acid leach that produces a high purity lithium carbonate through the flow sheet. So again, much more like a traditional gold operation. So to give you a, a couple of numbers, like if you if you're comparing apples to apples and looking at two thousand dollars an ounce uh, AU, you know our deposit at Falchani, which is about five and a half. Um, million tons of lithium carbonate on an M&I basis and another close to 4 million tons inferred would be equivalent to a 107 million ounce gold deposit. And then when you compare again using the same metrics, um, our OPEX, and you again looking at $2,000 uh, an ounce gold, you know, that would put uh, the, the OPEX we're operating on effectively in about $453 an ounce. So that's that gives you you know our 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 opex at just over five thousand a ton, LCE is equivalent to four hundred and fifty three dollars an ounce on a gold operation. And then if you look at the scale, Matt, I mean, you'll see in the PA we're looking at about two point six million tons of lithium carbonate production over forty three years uh, on a gold uh, situation. That would be. Um, that would effectively be uh, 29.5 million ounces produced over the same period, about 686,000 ounces of gold over 43 years. So, um, you know, some of those metrics can maybe help people. And I do think that the flow sheet that we are doing is much more of a conventional mining, again, that produces an end product. So I think the gold comparison is actually a really good one to help the mist demystify um, the Falchani operations. Oh, for, for sure, for sure. Crikey. So you, the margins margins are good. And I say, uh, 
life of mine is 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 extraordinary. Okay, um, that's really helpful. So, um, so the, the timing of the PFS will be what? And by the end of Q two, that's the current end of Q2. plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and this is a big step on the way, as you can imagine. DRA are a top class firm, so everything's been done on vendor quotes. Um, and you know, again, we're going to refine the flow sheet a bit further, and ideally do a little bit more drilling. But um, you know, this is a big step on the way to to PFS. Obviously, reclassifying the resources reserves as well will be the next step. Right, and and I just want to be really clear about doing business in Peru. Obviously, Makasani, you've talked about um, in in terms of the petition by Ingemar and Milan on were they on on the on the uranium, right? Is there anything like that likely to happen? On the lithium front, are they? I know they're completely different commodities in, in terms of security, etc. But how how confident are you about doing business in Peru? Do you can maintain confidence? Yeah, no, we're, no, not no. I mean, we're very confident. I mean, as I say, the thirty-two concessions impacted out of one hundred and seventy-three that we hold in total. Um, both do impact our, our our uranium and and lithium resources to a certain extent. Um, but I think, you know, we are now so much further through the judicial process than we were before. We've high confidence that this will get resolved in either event. And I think really what that then does is just takes away any concerns that around risk in Peru, because Peru is typically a very pro-mining, um, you know, jurisdiction. And I think the way the judicial system has operated in our favor should give people confidence. Yes, it's taken time. Um, and, you know, we're hearing a lot of positives from the current government. We're still waiting on some further drill permits, but they've made a, a, a public commitment recently to clear the backlog and then to continue to to fast track permitting for building mines. So we really believe that Falchani can be at or close to final investment decision to build it by uh, by mid-2025. So, you know, there's a lot of progress being made. The It's taken time, but but as they fast-track things and as things become clearer, it's a faster permitting process ultimately than it is for us in the in the U.S. on, on, on TLC. Okay. So, and um, and can, yeah. I, can I just make sure I'm really clear about the, just sticking with Falchani for a bit, and I'll come back to Makassani. Well. With Falchani, with, with this PA and, and the PFS, in terms of the the numbers that you're, you're putting forward and, and the gold equivalent numbers are, are really, really interesting because I think it's help more of the market understand exactly the scale of the opportunity there is has that come from you know reducing uh, cutoff grades? Has it come from engineering? Has it come from, I mean what in terms of like growing that that resource size, I mean, how how is that being done? Is this you know, through, genuine resource, growth? Is it genuine yeah. growth? The genuine growth through the drill bit. I mean, we were able to reduce the the cutoff grade slightly in the in the last resource because the economics of the project are now better understood. So we we, we didn't cut the uh, cutoff grade to to um, if you like pad the resource numbers. The resource was was expanded through the drill bit, um, and you know again I think. I think being able to drill over the over the last year in Peru was a really major achievement by the team, and 
that's really been reflected in that. And I think, you know, the economics, as you can see from the PA, but also distilling it into a gold example, are, are phenomenal. And, and again, the scale of the project just gets bigger and bigger. I mean, we talk about a resource that's now, you know, and I know you can't combine the two, but, you know, it's nine and a half million tons if you bring in uh, M&I and inferred, um, and yet it's open on pretty much all sides. So we think this is a colossal deposit that's just going to continue to get bigger. Right. Okay. Okay. So I just needed to ask that question. Uh, and now, bouncing back to Makassani on, on the Iranian side, you've talked to us in the past about spin-outs, and I want to be clear where your head's at, because we've seen a lot of, well, <laughs> some old projects being dusted off and put out into the marketplace, which, you know, better not name names. You know, it's seen a lot of kind of crap coming to the marketplace. We've seen a lot of roll-ups also happening, but there, there of us certain type of business model where perhaps getting the production is not high on the list. It's 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 more about driving value through you know portfolio um, build as it were. You if you believe that Makassani is something that can actually get into production, that can actually create value, you've got a choice to make whether you kind of go with a party like that who perhaps have a portfolio of not so good projects and they will just let that them sort of sit and stew in a, in a rising uranium price environment? Or do you go it alone? I mean, h- how are you viewing? Have you changed your thinking around Makassani and, and the way that you treat that, the way that you create value? I, I, I think, Mav, what we've seen, and you're right, you're seeing a lot of zombie projects, again, coming forward and getting financed because the prices are strong. And I think that very much tells us we're in a bull market on uranium. You know, as we've always said, as a lithium developer, we get little or no value in our market cap for the uranium. Um, you know, even if you look at the old PA, it's over 600 million NPV US, and you apply a, a metric of 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 times, which is the average developer metric. Um, you know, you would you'd be looking at something that be four or 500 million market cap on its own. Um, it, it's a big project with fantastic economics and for us the proof of that is we're getting more and more people telling us why we should hand the keys over to them or put it with their less good projects to make them look better and so we know the timing is right to spin this out um, get it into its own vehicle it has to in our our book remain under our operational team and with some of the key relationships we built because the community relations when you know that they're one of our key assets, and we're not going to do anything to to risk those. Um, it's also a project that you know three hundred million dollars to build. It's a relatively low cost. The flow sheet is baked. It's it's ready to go. Um, uh, there's a bunch more drilling we can do. We think this gets a lot larger. But again, to achieve all that, it needs to be in its own vehicle, and we believe it can move quickly through PFS, um, and again, in an environment in Peru that's definitely becoming more and more pro-mining. And, you, you know, if you take them at their word in terms of speeding up environmental permitting and the permitting to build a mine, it's a project that can move quickly and really, you know, has the potential to be built relatively quickly. Again, fantastic OPEX and low capital. Um, so, um, so yes, it's a real project. Uh, and again, as I say, 
that's just not me talking. I think it's, you know, we've probably had half a dozen of the key names in the uranium space reach out to us again and tell us why they would be better at moving it forward than us. Um, and, uh, and, and it's time to get it out there. I also think that, yes, you know, when you spin it out, um, it's done at a, at a certain value and will raise money. But I think when it's in its own vehicle, it can really start to, to, to add value you know, and I and and I think you know if you put it in its own vehicle, um, within within a pretty short period of time, it can be at 150, 200 million market cap or beyond, but it needs to be in its own vehicle to do that. Okay, okay. Now, and in, in just in terms of um, timing of that one, again, you're looking at a market where perhaps the excuses of price incentivization doesn't really ring true anymore and you know you most companies can make money um at, at these prices maybe they're holding out for 140 150 who, who knows but there's nothing stopping companies start starting the process of moving these companies forward at pace for you you know with with um obviously makasani um how do you what are you thinking with with regards to the the, the timing there because obviously you still got these now you know 30 32 out of 174 um, concessions in dispute with this with this sort of second kind of um, final attempt, as it were, by Ingram at the minimum, um, it doesn't stop you moving that project forward. So, what are you thinking in terms of timing, and you know, uh, and it, how do you it, go about it? it? It doesn't stop us at all. And you know, again, I I, I know people focus on on the 32, and understandably so. But you, you know, when we bought plateau you know you, you did it with a lens of okay if we never get these back do we want these and absolutely we do i think i think we can get close to doubling the resource through the drill, drill bit pretty quickly anyway um on the on the uranium side um and 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 so for us matt it's about keeping it simple let's not overcomplicate the transaction let's find you know we've learned from you know some of the the, the the work we did in the summer we've obviously tightened up stuff internally and made sure we're ready to go and i think for us it's really just about um let's be as efficient and and uh it, you know optimize this as much as we can and get it out there into its own vehicle in a in, in a good way where it's it's set up to succeed with the capital it needs but you know, let's do it as quickly as possible and not overcomplicate things. I I think once it's up and running, you know, you then have a a, a company that could potentially look at other uh, other deals. I, I, you know, we've had all these people trying to get us to do a deal with it in terms of putting it out. But I I think get it out there. It's such a big quality asset in its own right. It will do well in its own right. And then you're much better positioned to look at other deals if they're appropriate or if they're a good fit at that time rather than horse before the cart, if you like. So keep it simple, get it well capitalized, get it out there and, and get it trading. And I think it'll do well. Okay. And um, with regards to obviously TLC, you you put out um, yeah, improved numbers on that. But I think there's a little bit of Shitter and chatter going on about the sort of change of auditor, which you know from Ernst and Young over to Davison and, and, and company, and you know I think people are honing in on a particular phrase, um, which 
can you tell us a little bit more about you know why that change and is there anything to, again to be concerned about? No, I, I mean we were we've been looking at a change of auditor for for for, for well over a year. Um, I think you know you're you, for for us it's about a a a practice that's that understands mining, uh, you know, and it's the core of their business. Um, and I, I think for us we've we've. Uh, we felt that Ernst and Young, um, you know, obviously big six, big big four firm, um, do a lot of good work. But at the end of the day, we wanted a, a practice that really understands mining and the stage that we're at. And I think that was the right time to do it. So, you know, obviously we also we're getting close to the year end, and we wanted to get that clarified and sorted as quickly as possible, so that there's plenty of time for us to move forward and. And and get all of our financials um, together and and work with them to to conclude the audit, which as you know is coming up at the end of February. So it's all it it, it it's good. We're excited. They're local to us, um, and uh, you know they're a very good firm. Right. And and can we can we talk can we talk about the things that people are talking about, which is the, the I think people are trying to understand <clears throat> what is meant by um, the phrase veracity. Of comments made by a third party, is it a big deal? Is it what? What are we talking about? No, it's 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 not a big deal, Matt. It's 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 simply it's simply we had to get the audit finalized, um, and we had to get it up and running. This is a change we've been looking at for for well over a year. We had some ongoing discussions with Ian Y that weren't concluded, um, and. Davidson took those over and will drive forward and do the audit. So honestly, it's a it's 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 a company that we think is going to be better suited to 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 us in the stage of development that we're at. Okay, and they wouldn't take you on if they thought there was an issue. I, I, I can't talk for Davidson, but absolutely, I mean, they do. They all have their their due diligence and the work that they have to do, and they were delighted to take us on, and we were delighted to move to them. And this is a, a again. This is a process that's been ongoing for a period of time. Okay. Okay. Fine. And um, well, look, I, I guess th- well, that's all the questions I've got uh, answered. Um, you were going to go and pound the streets, press the flesh, throw a few business cards at people uh, over and over in Riyadh, um, and uh, hopefully you come back and update us and let us, let us know how that went. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, mate. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>